chapter fourteen of monte cristo's daughter by edmund flagg this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fourteen zuleika and madame morel quite a long time had elapsed since the sudden departure of the viscount massetti from paris but zuleika was still in complete ignorance as to his whereabouts and actions he was in rome of that she had not the slightest doubt she was equally convinced that his errand there was to establish his innocence of the terrible crime imputed to him by luigi vampa to obtain proofs that would clear him in the eyes of her father and herself if not of all the world why therefore did he not write why did he not give her some sign that she would understand his silence discouraged the young girl filled her with uneasiness it seemed to indicate that he had not succeeded had not been able to wipe the stain from his record if so she would never see him again for giovanni was too proud to reappear in her presence with a dishonoured name a sullied reputation this thought was torture and monte cristo's daughter felt that should her lover desert her she could not live as the days rolled by without a word of intelligence from the viscount zuleika's fears assumed greater consistency and weight she grew sad inexpressibly sad her look lost its brightness her voice its cheery tone and her step its elasticity the bloom faded from her youthful cheeks giving place to an ashen pallor she was no longer interested in her accustomed occupations and amusements and would sit for hours together with her hands crossed in her lap dominated by sorrowful and dismal forebodings mercedes noticed her condition and ascribing it to its proper cause strove in a motherly way to rouse and console her but without effect she spoke to the count about it begging him to use his influence to cheer his child but monte cristo only shook his head saying that they must trust to the soothing power of time which could not fail ultimately to do its work esperance pitied his sister sincerely but refrained from interfering well knowing that nothing he could say would be productive of good albert de morcerf his wife and mademoiselle de milly who had learned of zuleika's love affair and the dark shadow that had fallen upon it felt a delicacy about alluding to the matter and therefore held aloof besides they were too much depressed by the circumstances under which danglars had reappeared to be able to exert a cheering influence when mercedes returned from marseilles she was accompanied by maximilian and valentine morel who immediately went to the mansion on the rue de helder and paid their respects to the count of monte cristo their benefactor it was their intention to make only a brief call taking up their residence during their sojourn in paris at that famous stopping-place for strangers the grand hotel du louvre on the rue de rivoli adjoining the palais royal 
but monte cristo would not hear of such a thing insisting that the young soldier and his wife should be his guests and partake of his hospitality they were not reluctant to consent to this agreeable arrangement as it would enable them to enjoy uninterruptedly the society of their dearest friends madame morel at once took a deep interest in zuleika she saw that some sorrow was heavily weighing on the young girl and rightly divining that the tender passion had much to do with it immediately endeavoured to inspire her with a degree of confidence sufficient to bring about revelations in this madame morel was not actuated by curiosity her motive was altogether laudable she desired to serve the count of monte cristo to do something to show her gratitude for the overwhelming benefits he had in the past showered upon her husband and herself and could conceive no better or more effectual way than by striving to relieve zuleika she therefore promptly set about her praiseworthy but difficult task resolved to bring back the roses to the young girl's cheeks and to restore hope to her sad and dejected heart she began by using every womanly art to induce zuleika to love her and look upon her as a friend of friends in this initial step she succeeded even beyond her most ardent anticipations from the first monte cristo's daughter was attracted towards her and it required very little effort on madame morel's part to win her completely valentine's disposition was so sweet and her sympathy so sincere that zuleika could not help loving her besides the romantic story of her love for maximilian and the terrible trials she had undergone before being united to him through monte cristo's potent influence with which she was thoroughly acquainted predisposed giovanni's betrothed to regard her as a woman to whom she could open her heart and from whom she might derive supreme solace if not consolation valentine's quick and penetrating eyes read the young girl like the pages of an open book and she was not slow in utilizing the advantages she acquired things had been going on in this way for several days when one evening madame morel proposed a promenade in the garden to zuleika with a view of bringing matters to a crisis she gladly acquiesced in the proposition and soon they were strolling in the moonlight amid the fragrant flowers and centenarian trees it was a sultry night but there was a pleasant breeze that agreeably fanned the cheeks of valentine and her youthful companion madame morel had matured her plan but zuleika herself unexpectedly came to her aid assisting her to put it into immediate and practical execution after walking for a short space they seated themselves in a magnificent pavilion or summer-house situated at the extremity of the garden it was built of white stone the walls being perforated by several tall archways that supplied the place of both windows and doors 
ivy and other clustering vines clambered about the exterior creeping through the archways and furnishing the ceiling with a verdant canopy exceedingly inviting and refreshing to the eye weary of contemplating the dust and dryness of the streets parched by the summer sun without were several great silver maple trees and numerous ornamental shrubs madame morel drew close to zuleika on the rustic bench they occupied and taking the young girl's hand said to her in a soft voice this is a delicious spot my child yes replied monte cristo's daughter it is indeed delicious when here i always feel as if i could pour out my whole heart into the bosom of some faithful friend do so in this instance my dear said madame morel persuasively i trust i am a faithful friend as well as a discreet one i believe you rejoined zuleika ever since you have been in our house i have felt so and longed to make you my confidant but i have hesitated to take such a step fearing to burden you with troubles that might distress you have no further fears on that score then but speak freely and with the certainty that in your sorrows whatever they may be you will find me a sincere sympathizer and comforter zuleika took valentine's hand and gazing into her face with tearful eyes said you have noticed that i had sorrows madame morel yes how could i help it but i have done more i have divined their cause zuleika gave a slight start divined their cause madame morel yes answered valentine you are in love the young girl blushed but appeared relieved madame morel had divined her love had divined that her sorrows arose from it but she had not divined the nature of the shadow that clouded her budding life and filled her with grief and apprehension zuleika continued valentine with the utmost tenderness and consideration i too have loved deeply and desperately i too have felt all the bitter pangs that arise from separation but i have realized my dream at last and the shadows that surrounded me have been swept away by the blessed sunshine of union and happiness confide in me my child if i cannot drive your shadows from you i can at least give you true sympathy and the consolation that it affords they will be welcome to me unspeakably welcome madame replied zuleika tremulously then tell me all i cannot madame i have no right to but i can tell you enough to wring your heart to show you how unfortunate i am my poor girl i understand and appreciate your scruples you do not wish to compromise your lover and you are right your decision does you honour is the man you love in paris alas no i believe he is in rome then you do not know his whereabouts with certainty no madame does your father disapprove of his suit he did not at the outset but very painful circumstances have since arisen causing him to alter his determination or at least hold his consent in abeyance 
still i think he believes giovanni can and will refute the dreadful charge that has been made against him giovanni your lover is then an italian yes the viscount giovanni massetti you became acquainted with him here in paris no madame in rome and you think he has gone thither to clear himself of the charge you mention yes madame he came to paris to solicit my hand but suddenly disappeared after the terrible charge was made i have not heard from him since and his silence weighs upon me like lead i do not wonder at it but perhaps after all he is only waiting for a complete vindication and does not wish to write until he has everything satisfactorily arranged i do not ask you the nature of the charge zuleika and would not allow you to state it to me even if you were so disposed but answer me one question you have entire faith in giovanni's innocence have you not i have madame you are sure he loves you that he has not trifled with your affections i am sure madame he is young is he not yes madame he is young doubtlessly his fault whatever it may have been was simply an indiscretion due to his years that has been magnified and made to assume unwarranted proportions by the tongues of envy and scandal if so he will repair it and return to you if he is altogether innocent as you feel convinced he will move heaven and earth to justify himself in your father's eyes and yours love is potent zuleika and will accomplish miracles trust giovanni and trust heaven all will yet be made right between your lover and yourself would that i could feel so madame but i cannot and why pray because giovanni evidently has powerful enemies in rome and its vicinity who no doubt are at this moment operating against him and using all their efforts to prevent him from succeeding in his mission what makes you think he has such remorseless enemies a letter my father received from rome in response to inquiries he made and the illusion it must be an illusion under which my brother esperance labours in regard to giovanni your brother esperance then he believes in young massetti's guilt alas yes he firmly believes in it and stigmatizes the viscount as the worst of scoundrels has he given you the reasons for his belief has he stated them to your father he has dealt only in vague mysterious allusions an oath of silence it appears prevents him from speaking out an oath of silence yes and giovanni is also likewise bound indeed what is your lover's reputation in rome of the very best he is there regarded as the soul of honour save by his enemies so far so good do you know the standing of his family it is one of the oldest most respected most aristocratic and wealthiest in the eternal city another strong point in the young man's favour zuleika i am satisfied that the mystery surrounding your lover can be cleared away but i am also satisfied that he needs assistance 
the assistance of persons deeply interested in you who have your welfare at heart and cherish your happiness as their own but such persons cannot be found madame of course my father and brother are deeply interested in me have my welfare at heart and desire to see me happy they however are not disposed to aid giovanni my brother for reasons of his own and my father because he thinks that the viscount should work his own rehabilitation no madame such persons as you mention cannot be found they can be found zuleika and you will not have far to look for them either madame morrel gazed at monte cristo's daughter with enthusiasm in her fine eyes the girl was at a loss to understand her surely you do not mean albert de morcerf and eugenie she said no replied valentine they love you undoubtedly but the needful assistance is not to be obtained from them certainly you cannot allude to mademoiselle d'armilly or ali my father's devoted nubian servant no i do not allude to them whom then do you mean cannot you guess zuleika a sudden thought came to zuleika filling her with intense amazement you cannot mean yourself and your husband madame morrel she gasped and why not my child answered valentine sweetly all the assistance we can render you will be but a weak inadequate return for what your father has done for us he saved me from death withdrew the suicidal pistol from maximilian's hand comforted us in our time of darkest despair and finally brought us together after a separation that even m morrel deemed eternal simultaneously placing in our hands wealth sufficient to make us altogether independent of the accidents and disasters of this world besides before that he was the benefactor of m morrel's father saving him also from suicide suicide that he had determined upon as the only means of avoiding terrible disgrace you see zuleika that we have abundant motives for aiding you oh madame valentine you utterly overwhelm me how can i show my gratitude to you by accepting my offer these words were accompanied by a look of ineffable tenderness and sincerity they instantly brought hope to zuleika's heart she burst into a flood of tears but they were tears of joy still she hesitated what would her father say if she accepted madame morrel's generous proposition do you accept zuleika pursued madame morrel i thank you from the depths of my soul madame but i cannot accept the sacrifice you and your kind manly husband would make for me my father would censure me would never forgive me for adopting such a selfish course trust your father to me my child oh madame accept your offer without consulting him there is no need to consult him there is no need for him to know anything whatever about the matter for the present at least it will be time enough to tell him what we have done when success has crowned our efforts should we unhappily fail a thought that i cannot for an instant entertain there will be no occasion to tell him anything at all 
at that moment a man's voice was heard calling at a distance valentine valentine where are you it is maximilian said madame morel to zuleika he comes very opportunely then raising her voice she answered him here maximilian here in the summer pavilion at the extremity of the garden the husband hastened to the spot and valentine making him seat himself beside her and monte cristo's daughter told him all she had just learned she also communicated to him the offer she had made to zuleika adding you will consent to it i know maximilian gladly answered the young soldier had you not made the proposal i should have made it myself then we have but to induce zuleika to authorize us to act the poor child however hesitates fearing the count's displeasure she need not authorize us said maximilian quickly we will assume the entire responsibility on the step but it will be necessary for her to confide in us more fully to give us the data upon which to build our plans i will get letters of introduction to the viscount massetti and once acquainted with him the rest will be easy later that night zuleika told madame morel everything without reserve even giving her a little note to giovanni which stated that valentine and maximilian were her dearest friends and had come to rome expressly to aid him in his troubles a week after the momentous interview in the pavilion monsieur and madame morel set out for italy informing their friends in the mansion on the rue de helder that they intended being absent some time but refraining from giving even the slightest hint of the object of their journey End of chapter fourteen